This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston. Bonus, 38 Life Lessons. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire. We must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi friend, so happy to have you on the show. As you can see, today's a bonus episode. Y'all love these bonus episodes. <laughs> like they get so many more downloads than our normal episodes. And what's so funny is that uh, Rachel, my business manager, what's her title these days? Operations manager. Um, she doesn't edit these like she does the other episodes. And so there are no edits out of when I awkwardly swallow or take a breath or um, all the things. So it's so funny that y'all love these episodes, even though they're unedited. And y'all just love these episodes in general about me talking about my life and things that I'm going through. And so I thought, well, we should do these more often. And so I'm going to start doing them every month or so. And the um, inspiration behind this week's episode is that my birthday is coming up. I'm recording this on Wednesday, August 17th. My birthday is on Saturday, the 20th, and I'm turning 38. I feel so much older than 38. (laughs) Maybe it's because my husband's 45. I continuously think that I'm 45, and what's so funny is that most of my clients these days are all older than me. They're all in their 40s and 50s. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like I'm older than 38 years old, but I am only 38, And uh, today I thought, well, why don't I just share my top 38 life lessons? And these are just ones that flowed through me as I sat down and thought, okay, what are the 38 lessons I want to share? I'm sure after I share this, I'll be sitting in the bathtub one day and think, oh shit, I should have shared that lesson or this lesson. But for whatever reason, these are the 38 lessons that I'm meant to share with you today And they're great. So I'm just going to go through them kind of rapid fire and maybe give a little bit of story behind each one because as I said, there's 38. So we could be here for a long time if I talked about each of them in depth. But um, I think this could be really helpful for you because 
you know, sometimes it's nice to hear other people's life lessons. Um, and maybe it's one that you haven't currently had and you can learn it through me. And so you don't have to go experience the hardships that I had to go experience to learn the lesson. I always love it when I give people, um, that aha and that win before you had to go through hard stuff. You know, it was interesting for a while, clients that signed on with me, they were like, well, I haven't gone through this really hard thing in my life. Um, and so do I really need coaching? Because when I signed up for coaching, um, it was after my divorce and I was like, uh, yeah, it's actually really smart for you to sign up for coaching now before shit hits the fan in essence. And, um, you know, you're saving yourself so much trouble and heartache and all the things. So again, I want to save you that trouble and heartache today. All right, so let's jump into it. 38 lessons. You ready? All right, lesson number one, don't ever, ever settle. And if you do settle, love your reasons, right? So this goes for anything in life, jobs, friendships, relationships, even just like little decisions that you're making. Don't settle. But if you do settle, you don't get exactly what it is you want. Love your reasons for not getting exactly what it is that you want. Okay. If you're like, oh, I really want a relationship where they love to travel, but maybe the person you're with doesn't love to travel. Well, love your reasons for why you're saying no to that thing. Okay. Because otherwise, those are the things that create bigger and bigger problems down the road when you settle. I'm telling you from experience, oh, it's the worst. All right. Number two life lesson. You can make money doing what you love in your zone of genius. Don't believe the naysayers. So this goes back to the settling thing, right? So many of us settle, especially in our careers, because we think, oh, but this one thing is safe or it makes the money or this is what I've been trained and I don't want to leave my training behind. Again, you can do whatever the F you want to do. Love your reasons for it. But just know I am living proof of someone doing what it is that they love in my zone of genius, making money at it. Now, there have been times I haven't paid myself, but that's my own mindset drama. I've always made money. Just paying myself has been tricky. And that's just because I've spent it on coaching and other things versus just paying myself. But don't believe the naysayers. I'm so glad that I didn't stay in careers that just felt, they felt good, but they didn't feel great. And so just know you can create that. I help clients create this all the time. It's amazing. It's the best thing ever to wake up and go to a job or many times it's at your own home, like mine is, and go do whatever the F you want to do in a way that feels really good to you. It's amazing. All right, number three, life lesson. The most important skills to learn aren't the ones in school. They're things like finances, mind management, emotional processing, nervous system regulation, psych 101, like things like attachment and um, so many other things involved in that. Eating and working out, knowing your brain, knowing you, etc. To me, that's really what we need to be going to school for, not pumping our kids full of all of this information that most of them aren't going to use. It's kind of ridiculous. And this is spoken as somebody whose kids go to traditional school, 
but I am teaching them all of these things. I call it life school. And for a while, um, I called it mommy and me school. (laughs) And I just teach them all these things all the time because I know this is what's going to create a very successful life for them and a deeply fulfilling life for them. And so um, school to me is just kind of a side piece in that. All right, lesson number four, who you date and marry is one of the biggest choices of your life. It creates so much of your quality of life. And even when you're in your teen and 20 something years and you think, "Eh, this is just a fling or, you know, this isn't serious. Think twice. (laughs) I don't say that to scare you, but I definitely had those people that I dated that was just like, oh, this isn't going to be a serious thing. And my God, it was a lot to clean up. There was a lot of healing I needed to do after that. And so just choose wisely. It's honestly better to be single than to be with somebody who doesn't treat you well. And it goes back to lesson number one of settling or not settling, right? Don't settle. It's like not worth it. It is not worth it. I realized this, especially after my divorce and all the cleanup that was involved in that. It's like, I... I cannot handle that kind of drama in my life ever, ever again. All right. Lesson number five, know the impact of the patriarchy, sometimes known to as white supremacy culture and act accordingly. So this is just a recent lesson I've learned as I've done diversity, equity, and inclusion work and anti-racism coaching. Um, This is trainings now I give my clients that are in my Living the Dream Mastermind. It's so insightful and so eye-opening to see how this culture that we're all in, that none of us really want to uphold, except for, you know, like the KKK kind of people. <laughs> and a lot of, you know, let's just call it for what it is, white people, as spoken by a white girl. Um because the white people tend to be on top, especially white males. But um, yeah, it's super insightful, super, as I said, eye-opening because you start to see how you're impacted by it and you can start to see how to play the game of like, oh, that's why I'm working my ass off because of this part of this culture that nobody really ever talks about directly. It's just all fed into us. Kind of like, you know, if we put poison in the water, you know, it's all fed into us behind the scenes of this little bitty poison of stuff. And I know when a lot of people hear white supremacy and like, oh, the white people want to keep it and blah, blah, blah. Well, do you hate white people? No, that's not what it is at all. It doesn't serve any of us. Even if it keeps certain people in power. So let's just say white males, right? They're still suffering from it. This is why we have males who have such a high suicide rate. They're not feeling their feelings. They're having massive levels of burnout and health issues. Why is that? It goes back to the patriarchy and white supremacy culture because they are taught not to feel their feelings. They are taught to work themselves like a dog, right? And provide and do all these other things. Um, So it doesn't serve anybody. And when you know what that culture is, you see it everywhere and you don't have to be, in essence, in this matrix of what's going on all around us. It just, man, it opens up so many doors. All right, lesson number six. I have this one in all caps because this is one I feel like I'm just now solidifying. It's okay to get paid well with a flexible schedule and a schedule that you love 
for something you love to do that's easy for you. I'm going to say it again. It's okay to get paid well with a flexible schedule for something you love that's easy for you. Like, it's okay, Lindsay. And this is like me talking to myself. It's okay, Lindsay, for life to be really, really effing good. It's okay to pay yourself really well for doing something that's easy. It's okay for you to take off when you want to take off. And this goes back to the patriarchy, white supremacy culture, right? Like we're all fed. It has to be hard. We have to bust our ass. We're not allowed to live in pleasure. Living in pleasure is extravagant and um, not responsible. Nope. That's not the way it has to be. And it's okay. And even, you know, many of us, we think about all the suffering in the world and like, well, who am I to go out and live this amazing life? And I go back to a Marianne Williamson quote many times, which I think was actually a Nelson Mandela quote that was improperly citated, I guess. Um, But it's like, who are you not? Who are you not to go out and do those things? And me or you living in pleasure and doing what you love and getting paid really well for it and that is so healing to the world and it gives back to the world. And I also have the strong belief that everybody chooses their life journey. And for whatever reason, sometimes people may choose a hard journey because those are just the lessons that they needed to learn. And so I don't get overly wrapped up in that anymore as much. (laughs) It's not perfect. All right. Lesson number seven, tenure isn't the goal. Life fulfillment is, you know, so many times in our society, it's all like, Oh, look at these 50 year marriages. Oh, Bob's been at his job for 30 years, or this friendship has lasted 45 years or whatever. And for a long time, I was like, man, what is wrong with me? Like, I don't stay at these jobs long-term You know, I kind of go through different friend groups and these relationships and all that. And I just realized like, yeah, some people may last 50 years in their marriage or a friendship or a job or whatever. And that's great and awesome and beautiful if they are deeply fulfilled in that. If they're not, what's the effing point, right? Really, like what is the effing point? What is it other than just like getting another check mark for another year? right? And I'm kind of like, I don't know, I don't really celebrate tenure that much. It's not like I'm not going to celebrate it, but I'm going to celebrate life fulfillment instead. And that's what I celebrate. So if somebody's having a 50 year wedding anniversary party and they're deeply fulfilled, fuck yeah, I'm going to celebrate that. Um, but if they're not like, again, what's the effing point? And two, I don't know if I even really, like, want to celebrate that. I mean, it's just like, okay, 50 years, great. Like, you stayed together. I don't know. I'm having feelings about it because it's just kind of like doing the same thing for 50 years. I don't know. (laughs) Obviously, that one I'm still working out. But still, at the end of the day, life fulfillment is the goal for sure. All right, next one. This is a life lesson many of us know, but I've learned it even more. Money does not equal happiness. As somebody who grew up, I wouldn't say I was rich, but like we grew up while my dad was an engineer. He made pretty good money. My mom worked as well. Um, 
you know, I grew up around money, especially I, now I live in an area where some people have massive amounts of money. I've gone to homes for playdates and such in multi-million dollar homes. My ex lives in a multi-million dollar home with many cars, many of which are, you know, luxury cars and, you know, rare cars and things of that sort. Um, you know, my husband, he's a wealth manager. He works in, in essence with millionaires all day. Money does not equal happiness. I have seen very few happy and fulfilled wealthy people. I can't even really think of any, honestly. (laughs) The more I'm around money, the more it tends to be a show, the more it tends to be almost like robots um, and inside they're dead. So I want to be around people who are deeply fulfilled in that I would much rather hang out with people who are homeless and deeply fulfilled than those who are not. You know, I will tell you at my kid's school, the maintenance workers, they have such a glow about them. Like, and they're so friendly and just their energy is so beautiful. I would assume they probably don't make a ton of money but damn, they have a great energy. And that is living, my friend. That is living. All right. Number nine. Oh, I want to say one more thing about the money thing. Just because money doesn't equal happiness doesn't mean don't go after money if that's something you want, right? Like money can create beautiful, amazing things in the world. Um, Just know it's not going to equal happiness. Money's just money, right? All right. Lesson number nine. If you feel weird or different, you probably are. And just know that's so amazing. So amazing. I grew up thinking I was so weird and different. It wasn't until I did personality testing. The very first personality test that I did was the Myers-Briggs. I got the result of INFJ, which is the most rare personality type. It's like only one to 3% of the population has that, which equals still millions of people, right? But yeah, growing up, I felt really weird because I was. I was really different. Most of my clients have personality types too that are really weird and different. They're rare in essence. Um, And that's just the way it is. And that's what makes us amazing. And it doesn't mean that if you don't have those things, you're not amazing. But just know that's just because you haven't been educated as to why you are so different and quote unquote weird. All right, next lesson, number 10. Clear is kind. That's the Brene Brown quote one of my clients reminded me of months ago that I needed to hear at the time. Clear is kind. So be clear with everybody. You know, when I bring on a new client, I am very clear with them from the start. Here is what I see the journey looking like for you. Here are the things that we're going to have to get through for you to get the results that you want. And there are times, sometimes when I tell people that, that then they're like, eh, no thanks. That's you know, in some ways not in my best interest, right? My best interest is to sign the client, but I'm not going to do that unless I'm clear because what happens then as somebody gets in the coaching and they're like, oh shit, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I wanted. And then it creates a bigger problem at the end of the day. Same in my marriage. If I'm not clear, that's not kind. Creates bigger problems down the road for me and for whoever else is involved. And on this note, what I've learned, especially this past year, 
contracts for everyone, always, especially in a working environment. Client contracts, people who work for me contracts, even, you know, Jason and I, my husband did not do a prenup, but damn, there are times when I'm like, not that we're getting a divorce, but it's just like contracts make everything super clear. As I've watched clients go through divorces so many times, people have told them, you know, I'll take care of you, you know, stay at home, do whatever. And then it ends up not being the case, you know, even in my former marriage, um, you know, we both met, we were in college. I spent a lot of time pouring into his career and into our family. And, you know, guess who lives in a multi-million dollar house now? So <laughs> might have been in my best interest to have a prenup, yeah? Um, so yeah, contracts for everyone always. And that's not in a paranoid way. That's not in a negative way. It goes back to clear as kind. Just be clear about it. And then you get to do the work because then you know you have this thing be it boundaries, contract, whatever, to hold you in that. I love having contracts with clients now. It's only been about a year that everybody's in a contract now and I've had my business for eight years. So I was working with no contracts for seven years thinking like, oh, you know, it's kinder for me not to have the contract. You know, I don't need to have the contracts. But now that I have them, it's like, great, I have this thing and now we can get to work and I don't have to worry about things. I get to just like really go in there and help them in the the deepest way possible without worrying about anything because we have this contract, right? All right, next lesson. Say or do the thing versus live in what ifs. There was one time I was watching a Frasier episode. Shout out to TV from the 90s, right? Um, but the dad in the show said something like, you know, it's not the times when you quote unquote fail, it's the times when you don't even try. And that has stuck with me ever since I saw that when I was in high school. And so I've always just said or done the thing versus loving in the what ifs for that. And there have been times it's been really painful to go and say the things and not get what you want. You know, I remember when I first saw that episode, as I said in high school, I took that lesson and I was like, okay, there's this boy that I like. I'm going to write him this letter and tell him that I like him. And he laughed in essence with all of his friends about it, made a joke about it, was like, I would never date her. I would never see her. Um, And now it's painful, right? Especially, you know, in your high school years, I think it was like 15 at the time. Um, It was like, I don't know. I mean, it was heartbreaking, right? And a lot of it was just embarrassing, but I also was like, well, I'm so glad that I did that because now I know versus always thinking like, oh, what if, what if, what if, what would have happened if I, if I, you know, told him and he liked me back and whatever, I learned very clearly, okay, not interested, moving on, right? So in essence, take the risk. All right. Lesson number 12, women get even better with age, especially when they work on themselves. And I say this, especially when they work on themselves, not in a way to be like, you better work on yourself. That's the way you get better. I say it in a way because I think, you know, any person who works on themselves, they just get better and better in a way of like, gosh, they just like aren't consumed with their past trauma. They are 
emotionally regulated. They have all these life lessons. They're really grounded. Typically, too, they've even, you know, done well professionally. Um, and I've just seen with my clientele, um, you know, as I said, most of my clients these days are older than me. Damn, I'm like, I love getting older because I see my future and them. And I'm like, fuck, this is amazing. Every year it gets better and better. And not saying that my 20-something clients aren't living an amazing life too and they aren't amazing because they fucking are. But I just think, man, if they're this amazing in their 20s, how amazing are they going to be when they're 50 and 60 and beyond, right? So that's why I love aging. I love it because women get better when they age. All right, lesson number 13, working out is better than any drug. And I'm not a huge like workout person, um, but I will tell you it's been huge for my mental health. And anytime I'm feeling shitty, it's usually because I haven't been working out consistently. And research has shown that this is proven to be true is that working out is just as beneficial as taking an antidepressant. Um, and so I just lean into that as much as possible. Number 14, know your privilege so you can help others. This goes back to knowing white supremacy and the patriarchy culture, because then you know what your privilege is in that of like these systems that are set up that none of us really want to continue to have. And so, you know, oh, these are the things that I get being this kind of person in the world. So for me, like a white, able-bodied, you know, straight woman, I can list many other qualities there, but I know my privilege in that. And so I know how to use that privilege to help people who don't have those privileges. And damn, does that feel powerful. Um, and two, I know where I can get ahead in many different ways. And I express gratitude for that too. Um, instead of, you know, not seeing it and just thinking like, oh, you know, like everybody gets this and it makes me a better coach too. Um, because when people are running around being like, oh, everyone can create this kind of life. It's like, well, yeah, Becky, maybe you can go and create this amazing kind of life. Um, but also, you know, you grew up rich, (laughs) so that creates a totally different scenario, right? Next lesson, lesson 15, more technology doesn't equal a better life. Technology is beautiful and great and awesome, but these damn phones, I am telling you, fucking drugs. They are fucking drugs. We all know it. And yet, what do I see when I go to the salon or I go all around town? Fucking phones, fucking everywhere. And as somebody who that's my drug of choice too is my phone, it's fucking horrible, right? And I see these kids, like my daughter. My daughter is in the sixth grade. Everybody but her has a fucking phone. Why? Why the fuck do these 11-year-olds need a fucking phone? It's like all the research shows this is not good for their mental health. And yet, here they are with their fucking phones. Hoy, Right? All right, so I'm only on lesson 16. This episode's starting to get long. So what I'm going to do is we're going to make this a two-parter. Oh, okay, so let's see. 38 lessons divided by two, lesson 19. 
All right, so we're going to do a couple more, and then I'll see you back for another episode for the rest. All right, so lesson number 16, tech, or nature is medicine. Oh, nature is medicine. I'm learning this more and more and more. Anytime I need something good for my soul, go into nature. And I live in a, you know, Texas and Dallas. There's not a lot of nature around here, and it's hot really really hot in the summer so those of you especially who live in areas with amazing nature soak that shit up I am jealous of you (laughs) lesson 17 travel while can be a pain in the ass to get to and from a location is always worth it especially when you travel in luxury I will tell you when my husband and I went to Bora Bora for our honeymoon and we stayed at the four seasons that shit was the best medicine for my soul ever. I still carry that. That was in 2016 we did that. It's now 2022. Like I still carry that medicine of that trip in my body and my soul. And when I leave this earth, that will be one of my top moments in my entire life. It was incredible. An incredible experience. Incredible. Even, you know, some of these smaller trips that we take – Still, like it's just so good for the soul and it's so refreshing and beautiful, especially when you do it in luxury. Holy shit, it's next level to be treated like that, like the Four Seasons tends to be like, or a St. Regis or things of that sort. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Save your money, do the things you have to do to go experience something like that. It's amazing. Lesson 18, you aren't a bad person if you distance yourself from your family. In our society, we tend to say things like family is everything and, you know, you should do X, Y, Z for your family, especially your mother or your father. And I used to feel so much guilt about that because I haven't had a great relationship with my mom. Um, I consider her, you know, abusive at times and it's been really hard for me to distance myself without feeling just like the shittiest person in the world. Luckily, you know, we're waking up to a lot of these things and we're more accepting of things of that sort. But I'll even tell you when I go with my um, husband's family, you know, they're all about family, 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 and he's all about family too. And I'm not. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel like an outcast in that, or I feel like I'm being judged in that. And I just have to keep my telling myself, it's like, no, it's not. It's okay to distance yourself from your family. It's okay to not quote unquote honor your parents because if I were quote unquote honoring my parents, I would have a pretty shitty life and I'd be pretty fucking miserable. Um, and for what reason? I don't want my kids to go out and honor me. I want my kids to go out and have an epic life that they love and they're helping themselves in the world in the process. That's what I would love for them to do. All right. Last lesson I'm going to tell you about today. Lesson 19. Those with great parents, especially great mothers, are at such a huge advantage to the rest of us. So as somebody who didn't have a great mother at times, I saw this firsthand. And there are many times when motherhood feels like a lot and I think oh gosh motherhood oh you know it's like oh I want to be working more I want to be doing this in the world and not be as weighed down by motherhood 
And I know some of you may be judging me for that statement, but you get it. Um, and then I have to remind myself, it's like, wait a second. No, the most impactful thing I can do in this world is raise my children really well and deeply love them and give them the lessons that they need to give to go out and fly in the world because what I give as a mother is going to impact them so deeply in their lives. You know, with all of my clients, I've had to heal some kind of parent wounds, especially mother wounds. And the 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 less I give to my kids in that, I mean, they're going to have some, right? That's just the way it works. But the less I have in that, the better. And I just saw firsthand the quality of life difference between me and my peers based on how they were parented. So those are my first half of my lessons, my friends. I will join you back for another episode soon to give you the rest. I hope you enjoyed these and um, I will see you back on the show soon. Sending you love. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book this book is a study guide for life enjoy and of course share this show with your friends i believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside the more you help others succeed the more you help yourself so share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.